Against all odds, opposition can really bring out the true nature of one's character. In a way, it becomes a social proving ground to show others how one can overcome or succumb to the pressures at hand. In today's episode, I reviewed a show about a lawyer whose newfound circumstances becomes her greatest strength. And you wouldn't like her when she's angry too. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back, cuties, to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews on all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. As always, I'm Christian Ong, your uh, your steadfast uh, litigator, your uh, your defendant with a pendant. I don't have a pendant. Do do people? Our age, or, or uh, <laughs> I'd like to say that we're all the collective age, but do we buy pendants still? Is that is that just a, a fancy necklace? And while we're on that topic, what's a brooch? I don't really know too much about jewelry. Or do I? Maybe I'm a secret jewelry thief. Just kidding, FBI. This it, You can't use this in the, the court of law, I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe you could. I don't know. I don't know the logistics of it, but I am not... A, a, a jewelry thief or the jewelry thief if there was one what am i talking about anyways welcome back y'all i you know what i i'm, I'm still relaxed I, I know i talked about i was just in hawaii a few weeks ago but i i dipped my toes in the sand if you will a little bit because i was uh i was in mm, i was getting that apple bottom jeans boots with the i was in florida because, you know, Flo Rida made that song. So I was in Florida, basically, for work, okay? And I was I working, of course, for this work trip. But I was also chilling on the beach for this work trip. At least I did on Saturday. And your boy got a good tan. I was definitely, you know, looking forward to that day. Because I was like, you know what? It's been a long week of meetings. What a perfect way to cap that off than just by chilling on a beach, literally, and just napping for a few hours and just being toasted and fully blasted by the sun. But yeah, I, I, I feel good. I feel good. I feel rested. And I'm up at the top of my game, y'all. And I hope that you're doing well as well in this cozy boy autumn or cozy person autumn. But Without further ado, I have a, a great episode for y'all today, and I would hope so. You know, you ever think about how, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but you ever think about how podcast hosts always say that? Like, we always got a great episode for you today. And then they, I think it's a good way to kind of preface it as like, hey, you know, set your expectations high, and then we'll like punish you by meeting below those expectations. But We'll see. I really do think that this show is something that I enjoyed at least. Well, you know what? Let's let's not give a spoiler on the review. So speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk all about She-Hulk Attorney at Law, which aired from August 18th to October 13th, 2022. Created by Jessica Gao, this show stars Tatiana Maslany, Mark Ruffalo, Ginger Gonzaga, and Tim Roth. Jennifer Walters, who is a cousin of Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk, is struggling as an attorney 
She's looking for a new direction for her life, and when a sudden car crash accidentally causes some of the Hulk's blood to be transfused into her own, she discovers that she has inherited much of his powers, with surprisingly far more control than Bruce had long ago. Now branded as the She-Hulk, Jen Walters defends litigants in superpowered-related cases, seeking to use her powers to, pre to protect those when the law can't protect them. Despite device, uh, divisive takes on the series, She-Hulk is a far better show than what its latter opponents may, ha uh, may have you think. Though it may not be as consistent all around, Tatiana Maslany is by far one of the most charismatic and charming new leads to essentially enter the expanding roster of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Its initial episodes start off incredibly strong, setting the levity through a much more direct comedic tone, a, a sort of more in style of a paralegal sitcom than something akin to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yet as the show continued on after its fourth episode, She-Hulk increasingly began to come across as more and more apparent that the plot is otherwise meandering uh, its way through to find a semblance of anything remotely noteworthy as a decent overarching plot. Instead, many episodes are littered with ca uh, cameos and feel underwhelming as much of the through line within its season is essentially trying to resolve the matter of whether or not She-Hulk will find a boyfriend. It's disappointing. It's baffling for how self-aware it is for its uh, mi misogynistic critics and pokes fun at it, while then relegating much of She-Hulk's personal struggle as a fight against being single in one's 30s and being dependent on the uh, presence of a relationship. It feels incredibly trite for a show that had a lot of potential to expand deeper into the themes of overcoming patriarchal systems, but instead ends its nine-episode run without much of a dent into that very topic. This lack of a worthwhile antagonistic force, both in an internal and external sense, left each episode in the back half of uh, the show as a chore to get through, often unwilling to take a full plunge into what the show wants to be. It's not compelling enough to be classified as a true paralegal sitcom, as the writers have openly admitted that they lack the experience in crafting sensible dialogue in these scenes, often showing that She-Hulk's career is clearly the most boring part of the show. Still, it is important to note that while the dramatic and at times comedic points may not always make its mark, its core cast is otherwise still very strong. Tatia Maslany once again cannot be stressed enough that she is a joy to watch and her fourth wall breaks are often campy and delivered with a lot of fun. Tim Roth reprises his role from 2008's The Incredible Hulk and is entertaining as a questionably reformed villain that has found a new lease on life as a guru, uh, as a guru of sorts. Visually, She-Hulk is often a character that is heavily dependent on CGI, much like her Hulk counterpart. And at times, it is easily distinguishable to pick out which scenes look as if uh, plenty of attention to detail was embedded in her character model, while other moments reach dangerously close to the uncanny valley. It makes sense, though, considering how Marvel's visual effect artists were severely overworked and undersupported, but regardless, it is worth noting the dip in visual quality as episodes go on. She-Hulk Attorney at Law is graced with a strong lead that is one of the best new additions to the MCU, while also burdened with its largely disappointing writing. Its focus on Jennifer Walters as a character is much appreciated, but the arc that she was stuck with feels counterintuitive to the story that the writers had attempted to tell. 
and I'm going to have to unfortunately give the show a 6 out of 10. It's not bad, but it's also not great, but it's still worth watching nevertheless. And you can watch the show exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Let's go ahead and uh, take a break. I know some of you might be enjoying the show and you might be greenwood rage. But I would say hold off on that rage because you might want to be mad at my taste as we talk in the next half about some things that I'm currently into. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today on our program, we've talked all about Marvel's new Disney Plus show, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. But with any TMQ episode, it's not right to end it without talking about some things that I'm currently into. So uh, this is a segment, if you're new to listening to this episode, where I break down some stuff that I've been catching up on or maybe, you know, just checking out for the first time that I think you might want to check on your radar as well. First off, we have Cells at Work and also its spinoff, Cells at Work Code Black. Now, this is an anime that you can watch on Crunchyroll. I think it's on... uh, I think the first season is on Netflix for the original series, and I don't know where else you can find it. Maybe Hulu. But essentially, if you are a big fan of, you know, uh, biology or, you know, maybe you're in the healthcare, uh, uh, you know, field, this might be a a show that you might want to check out, even if you're not into anime per se. Essentially, Cells at Work is uh, kind of part slice of life anime while mixed with a nice educational um, element to it as it essentially depicts and personifies ourselves within our body as people doing these jobs. So you have a red blood cell making her deliveries around the, uh, the body to deliver oxygen. And you also have a, a white blood cells that are also the main character of the show fighting off germs. I'm, I'm essentially talking about the body, and I'm not doing a great job giving you a nice visual representation of what, what it looks like, but I think, you know, the comedy is definitely uh, very funny, and it's, it, sometimes it can be a little over the top and a little cumbersome at times, but at the same time, I think that its counterpart series, Code Black, is so much darker So I would say, you know, uh, maybe start off with the original series first and then dip into Code Black. Code Black is a a spinoff which focuses more on what you would do if your body has been poorly managed. Uh, Maybe there's been a lot of drugs or alcohol that was introduced into the body. And how does the body react to that? And so I don't know. I I think from what I understand, Code Black had inspired a lot of Japanese readers uh, through the manga to change their um, you know, uh, habits with their health. And I think that's great. I definitely think by watching this 13 episode anime, it has most certainly shaped the way that I think about my body and, uh, you know, kind of switching up the habits that, um, uh, I might be partaking in like maybe lack of sleep or an over reliance on coffee and just kind of taking care of myself better. Not that I needed an anime per se to, you know, convince myself to do that, but here we are. And I know, wait, bear with me, I know we're going to be talking about another anime, but there's been another anime uh, series that a lot of people have been looking forward to. And up next on my list, we're talking all about Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man, I'm surprised this is even a shonen anime. And if you're not even familiar with that term, essentially shonen uh, genres in general are uh, more aimed for a, a younger demographic. Uh, but Chainsaw Man 
says, you know, like according to uh, Wikipedia, which, you know, take that with a, a big grain of salt, says that it's a shonen uh, manga and anime series. I would say it definitely, you know, if more for the older uh, group of, of kids, I guess, that are into that sort of thing. But Chainsaw Man is essentially about a young boy who... Uh, owes a lot of money to the mafia and uh, partners himself with a demon and then him and the demon merge and becomes this chainsaw man essentially he grows a lot of chainsaws out of his arms and head it, it's it's a very anime thing and sl- slaughters a bunch of demons with it very gory very violent in its initial first episode i have yet to watch episode two but i think it starts off with a great start i think that the animation is fantastic if this is what modern anime looks like now this is great this is i've never seen anything uh with more attention to detail in that uh pilot episode the way that the characters move it just feels very realistic it's kind of uncanny and i also like the opening sequence as well like if you're a big cinephile uh there's definitely a nice uh, homage to a bunch of um, American movies and a bunch of other foreign movies as well, all within that, um, I, I would say, like one minute uh, opening sequence for Chainsaw Man. But yeah, if you like violent anime and you're kind of like a big edgelord, go ahead and watch it. Up next on my currently list, we have the new Regrets album, Further Joy. I don't know if anyone else has listened to the Regrets as much as I have, but um, I think that they're a great, nice indie pop band. Um, I would say they're more closer to indie rock, and Further Joy definitely kind of uh, scratches that itch. It's definitely different than their previous album, but I am a big fan of the Regrets in general. I think that the lead singer uh, has so much more of what I was looking for for like early Paramore stuff, and I'm also a big fan of what they've been doing in their middle part of their career. But uh, yeah, just a little Paramore rant. I I don't know if I am excited for the new album because uh, their lead single, I think it's called This Is Why, just didn't really do it for me. But yeah, I don't know. Um, next up on my list, we have the Netflix uh, travel series, Somebody Feed Phil. Now, if you're not fi- familiar with Phil... I guess if you're not familiar with uh, Phil Rosenthal, Phil Rosenthal is uh, one of the the co-creators of Everybody Loves Raymond. And uh, he has a travel show on Netflix where he goes around eating a bunch of food. And I'm a big sucker for travel shows and I'm a big sucker for watching food, delicious food, by the way, on TV. And Phil Rosenthal does both of those things. He travels, makes crack some jokes and eats some yummy food that I wish I was eating. Um, I was definitely watching the episode with Croatia with my mom, and we were both like, how do we get a job there? How do, how do we uh, join the crew and, and try you know, some yummy uh, sea urchin with some bread, olive oil, and salt? And just eat with a bunch of you know, nice you know, people. Because that seems like a dream job, right? Man, now I'm hungry. Well, as I'm getting ready for dinner, that's the end of our episode. And if you want to share your thoughts on today's uh, show uh, or maybe, you know, She-Hulk in general, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast 
or on Twitter at QPodcasts. You can also uh, email the show at uh, that's my QPodcast at gmail.com where you can send in all sorts of different suggestions on what I should review next. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. This all helps uh, boost attention for the show as well as maybe even sharing the episode with a friend. And um, with a friend, I would say maybe all of your friends. Take, you know, the link of this episode. Put it on your, um, you know, social media of choice. I would say maybe your Facebook because all your aunts and uncles are on Facebook. And just say, hey, listen to my buddy Christian. And just, you know, like, and they're going to be like, what? They made a Hulk, a She-Hulk? Maybe, maybe choose another episode that won't spark that kind of reaction because we don't want that kind of ignorance around. But of course, anything helps and the support is greatly appreciated. Don't even ask me what just happened those last few seconds, but you can definitely ask me where I got my theme song for TMQ. And of course, I gotta thank J1K for the use of their song, Captured Soul from the School Days B-Tape, which you can find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. Next week's episode, ooh, Ooh, do you, do, you, do you hear lightning outside? We're talking all about our uh, newest DC anti-hero, Black Adam. And as always, I gotta leave you off with a quote. And this quote comes from none other than Miss Jen Walters, aka the She-Hulk herself. It goes a little bit like this. Those with the most power have the most to answer for. You know what? Reading that right now... It kind of feels like a Spider-Man line. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong, and... That's my cue.